On today's episode of Tell Me What You Know, we're raising the big top for a little circus talk. We'll cover smooth-talking P.T. Barnum and his questionable intentions, his merger with James Bailey to create Barnum and Bailey's, and their circus being picked up by the seven Ringling Bros to ultimately achieve the circus's final form, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. We'll wrap the show up picking our favorite things about circuses, so grab some popcorn and one of those cheap, light-up plastic toy things. This is Tell Me What You Know. What's going on, everybody? Happy Valentine's Day. Today is Sunday, February 14th. This is episode three of season three of Tell Me What You Know. Uh, I guess you're my Valentine today, Michael. I, you're the first person right. I've talked to today. That's right. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Did you do anything fun yesterday or today? Or did you all get some weather? What's going on? Uh, yeah, we kind of got iced in. Um, and uh, yeah, basically just stayed around the house. Watched a bunch of billions. Did you ever watch that show? <laughs> Uh, I've seen an episode or two. I've not yeah, did not get into it, but it's a good little show. I've heard it's good. Um, need to give it a chance. But yeah, didn't didn't do too much. Um, you just have a cold weekend up there, I guess. Yeah, I didn't do anything. Uh, I got at my desk, which I have not put together yet from Wayfair. So Very I'm nice. just looking at it. it's in a completely beat up box. I'm a little scared that when I open it, it's just going to be shredded, and then I'll have this nightmare of trying to get them to come fix it. Anyway not important maybe it's just the box let's hope the, it's just the box the box is mangled yeah anyway today we're gonna talk about circuses mostly barnum and bailey and the ringling bros and those guys mm-hmm. uh fun stuff have you ever seen the movie the greatest showman i have not seen the movie mm-hmm. um but i have heard good things about it it's fun it's yeah. got a great soundtrack is it kind of, it's a musical it is a musical yeah um, uh, what's his name? Wolverine. Hugh, Hugh yeah. Jackman. Hugh yeah, Jackman. He, he, and hell, hell of an actor. Oh yeah, he's great. Yeah. Got a good voice. Zac Efron. Oh, oh, I like Zac Efron. Yeah, I mean that guy's like beautiful and he can sing. Like it's not really not fair, honestly. But yeah, yeah, he's too much uh, talent. Too much talent in one in one person. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna get into that. Let's do first what we learned this week. Uh, do I start or you go? Uh, you, you go first. I'll go first. Uh, one thing I learned is to always keep your doors locked. And the reason for that is kind of specific, I guess, but there was a serial killer named Richard Chase, you know, okay. the vampire of Sacramento. Uh, he killed six people over the span of a month. Uh, actually, I don't even know when this was. I think like sometime like mid to late, or probably like 1970s, 1980s, I would guess. Uh-huh. Uh, but Chase would go to people's doors, and if it was locked, he took that as a sign that he wasn't welcome there, and so he left. If the door was unlocked, he was like, oh, I guess I'm welcome here, and he would go in and just murder whoever he found inside. That's really scary. <laughs> yeah, so lock your doors. Yeah. Richard Chase. I, I've always kind of wanted to be able to live in a town where you didn't have to lock your door, but now Richard Chase running around. Yeah, I mean, we rarely lock our doors like growing up um like in the mountains as well i don't know just kind of yeah you should probably just go ahead and do it though yeah definitely a little safer well that's good to know yeah uh for all you guys listening out there i always lock my door so so you don't need to come test me you got several doors you got to get through to get to my apartment door so yeah good luck good luck um my the thing this week wasn't as much 
uh, something I learned, but kind of an interesting story I, I heard about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of goes on to uh, kind of takes it takes a different look at our stranded episode. Uh, there's an oil tanker. Uh, I think it's called the MT EBA, like MT capitalized EBA IBA, and it was an oil ship. Not was it is an oil ship that um, was owned by this company Alco Shipping, and while the crew was at sea, the the shipping company went bankrupt, and uh, there was a storm. They're off the coast of the United Arab Emirates, and um, they ended up like washing up very near shore, and so since the shipping company was um, going bankrupt, they weren't going to pay the crew. And so this was uh, 43 months ago that they, they're, they're in this like dispute with the, with the shipping company for their salaries, the, the crew on, on board the boat. And I guess if they abandon the boat, they could be held uh, liable for like shipwrecking the boat right off the, the coast of the UAE. And one of them doesn't have a passport, so he's not sure like what's going on like if he gets off the boat. So basically, they're 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 stranded, like literally twenty feet from the shore. And they just can't do anything, and they just can't do anything. It's been like two years almost. Uh, or no, way more than two years. Way almost four almost years. Four years. Yeah, five guy five guys on a boat. It's, they've said it's been like absolute hell. Uh, the boat is literally just like shipwrecked right next to the to the water. Um, and yeah, they're just like negotiating with the comp- the parent company for like two hundred and thirty thousand dollars of back salary. Uh, and I think they're like close to negotiating one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, and um, they're getting supplies based on, like there's like some charity that ha- that's helping them. Bring them food um, and stuff. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it sounds horrible. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but yeah, that's that's a story I learned about this week. That sounds pretty miserable. Yeah, just get off in the UAE and go hang out. <laughs> you got to think they probably just jump off sometimes and go over. But I, I don't know. I I wouldn't take that that risk in the UAE. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Uh, pretty crazy. Pretty nuts. All right, let's jump into some circus talk then. Uh, so we'll start off, we'll talk, we'll talk, kind of go chronological with this, I guess. We'll start with uh, P.T. Barnum, Phineas Taylor Barnum, born in 1810. Uh, kind of a, just a humble beginnings, nothing too crazy. I think his dad was an innkeeper. Um, growing up, he, he kind of had a lot of different jobs. Uh, he worked in a general store. He was like in the book auctioning trade, real estate speculation, kind of all over the place. He started his showman career at age 25. And the thing about P.T. Barnum is I feel like if you don't know much about him, he, he gets kind of glorified. Like he like started the circus. It's this great show for families and for kids and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He was kind of like a smooth talker and really like could twist like his his motives weren't always the best, I guess. Right? He kind of had like he was basically just trying to make a buck. Um, so he started his showman career at the age of twenty five. He was in New York. Slavery was illegal in New York, but through some kind of loophole, he was able to lease this woman. And it's horrible just to even say that kind of stuff. But like her name was Joyce Heth. She was a slave. She was blind, almost paralyzed. She was purported to have been Washington's nurse, George Washington's nurse, and that she was 161 years old. And so Barnum would like take her around and like 
paint these stories and kind of like make these myths up about her and like just basically show her to people and make money off of it. Right. So it's a con the whole way. Obviously. Total con. Right. Yeah. Huh. Um, she ended up dying, I guess within that year that he had the, I feel so messed up just to say the lease on her, but, mm. uh, she ended up dying. And like, even like, even after she passed away, like he couldn't just let her go peacefully. He like held an autopsy of her, a public autopsy charged people 50 cents to see it. Um, and they found out that she was like actually 80 years old. She was definitely not anywhere close to 161. He says that he, you know, believed it, that she was that old and all that kind of stuff. But he would always kind of say that, that kind of thing just to, you know, make his story seem better and more attractive to the, to the viewer, I guess. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where he started off his, his showmanship or his show being, being a showman, I guess. Um, he ended up purchasing a lot of museums. He set up his shows. He, he just it was like uh, you know freak shows and stuff that people hadn't seen before. Something that was just really out of out of the ordinary. He had an act called the Fiji Mermaid, which was like a it was a half monkey, half fish. But I mean, it was really just like a petrified monkey head attached to a petrified fish fin. <laughs> and people were like, "Oh my god, where did this exotic thing come from?" You people know, blown away. People were blown away. He had uh, a lot of people maybe know the story of Tom Thumb. Tom Thumb was supposed to be like the smallest man in the world, basically. Um, he was really small. He was the smallest person that ever walked alone, they said. But they said he was 11 years old, and he was only four when he started like having to work with P.T. Barnum, a four-year-old. Yeah. Uh, the kid like had a natural knack for entertaining people. I don't know if he... like didn't like it or did, but I feel like at that age, you're probably too young to decide what you want to do. But I mean, yeah. by the time he was five, he was drinking wine. He was smoking cigars by age seven and just basically impersonating like Hercules and Napoleon and all this kind of stuff. They would put on these like historical shows with the smallest man in the world. They called him general Tom thumb. His name was Charles Stratton. Um, hmm. this is all like pre circus stuff, right? So this is just him putting on shows and doing these different kind of, uh, spectacles. Right. He, he, Jenny Lind was a Swedish opera singer. He went and uh, I guess to try and get her to come make her American debut, like under his his banner or whatever, to, to make some money. She was known as a Swedish Nightingale, and he worked out a some kind of payment with her where he was going to give her a thousand bucks a night for 150 nights, 150 performances, um, and ended up making you know just tons of money off that. So much so that when she realized how much money he was making off of that, that she like renegotiated a contract. And mm -hmm. so like after, you know, the $5,500 management fee that Barnum would get for per show, she would take whatever profits were left after that. Mm -hmm. He started, ended up starting a circus career and uh, he was 60 when he started the circus career. So it was like way later on. Um, he started, it was called PT Barnum's grand traveling museum, menagerie, caravan and hippodrome. And the name changed several times throughout uh, throughout the years. In 1881, he merged his show with James Bailey and started Barnum and Bailey's, which is a name a lot of people might be familiar with. Um, their circus act was the first to, it was the first spectacle to display the three rings or the three ring circus. It was kind of pay, the, the way it was paid for the three ring circus with these guys. And their first major act, they had Jumbo, this African elephant that was purchased by Barnum from the London Zoo in 1882. 
a lot of the sh- a lot of the acts, a lot of the shows cont- contained acts that were similar to the Traveling Menagerie. They had acrobats, they had the magicians, they had General Tom Thumb, they had the freaks, as they would call it. Right? Um, he would get like you know exotic. He w- he had these. He called them like Aztec children. They were really just from El Salvador, I believe. Like he was just able to. People just believed whatever he said for some reason. I guess he was a really smooth talker. I don't know. So could it be? Uh, it kind of seemed like like P.T. Barnum. And, and uh, he was more like the showman, as you're saying, like, kind of like the con man uh, guy. And then Bailey seemed to be more of like the animal guy in, in the museums, the the collector stuff. Yeah. Like, and he was the one that had the, the elephants. and Right. And I think he that, also right? was maybe more of the business mind behind it. Like he convinced Barnum to buy his own train. And so mm-hmm. they were like, they would do their, they would tour the country by train. They would tour Europe by train, all this kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, the lack of paved roads, they were able to, to really like, I guess, increase their geographical reach by right. doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so he did this for, uh, you know, another 10 or so years. He ended up dying from a stroke in 1891. Um, and then eventually Barnum and Bailey was sold to Ringling Bros in 1907 uh, for what would be in today's dollars about ten and a half million bucks, um, he ended up being able to make a lot of money off of these like I wouldn't call them grifts, I guess, just like these fake spectacles. I, it's just crazy, like what people would believe. I guess when there's just so, like lack of information, you just, just believe what you see. I don't know. Uh, you think it was also kind of like a kids thing, and and parents would take their kids and be like, "Oh man, can you believe it?" Yeah, and and I mean they didn't have you know uh, CGI and and right, uh, like right. to, to be the entertainment value. I don't know. Maybe that's a way to, to um, I don't know rationalize it. They're still yeah. just making fun of these people for sure. I mean they had like the uh, they had the the Siamese twins Chang and Ng, I believe were their names. Who were they were they were real Siamese twins, but apparently it was kind of over dramatic. Like they they weren't. I don't know. Anyway, they had the, they had those guys as well, and they were able just to to make a lot of money by by putting these spectacles on. And so you, it's kind of like that, you know. There's the gray area of like, okay, did he make a safe place for these people to come and perform, or was it like, hey, come check out these freaks and pay me money while you do it, all that kind of yeah. stuff? I don't know. Yeah. Huh. The movie. I mean, the uh, I read an article by Smithsonian that was like, yeah, the movie is completely not what was actually happening. <laughs> so, which I mean, <laughs> makes sense. You can't. I'm sure Hugh Jackman. You're like, oh, what a lovable guy. P.T. Barnum. Yeah, he's got his flaws. Like he's, you know, got some marital problems, and like maybe he's taking advantage of these people. But like he's got a really good heart. Look at him in the end. Mm. That's interesting. He kind of took that role. Like I, 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 he was like a producer or director of that movie. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackman. So I, I actually, having not seen it, I wondered if he kind of showed the real dark side of it. But maybe not. I mean, he's definitely like. They don't paint him out to be an amazing person, but they for sure don't have the thing about Joyce Heth in there, like you know the slave woman yeah. he purchased and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Huh. So, well, you brought up the Ringling Brothers and how they merged in 1919. Mm-hmm. Um, purchased a little, purchased before that, I think 1907, yeah. but um, fully merged in 1919. Yeah. So the Ringling Brothers were uh, sons of German immigrants. Um, I don't know how how exactly you'd say it, but their name came from like Rungling, like R U E, Ringling, Rungling. Okay. So they changed into the Ringling Brothers. Uh, the brothers were there were seven of them. 
mm-hmm. uh, Al, Gus, Otto, Alfred, Charles, John, and Henry, and they had a baby sister, Ida. They had Al and Alfred? Yes. <laughs> one went by Al, and the other one was Alfred, went by Alf. Yeah, Alf. Could, could, <laughs> I could see uh, that being kind of confusing if you sure. were yelling at each other across across the circus. Yep. Um, yeah, they started their um, little small circus in 1884. Uh, really, it was founded by five of the seven Ringling Brothers. But okay. um, yeah, it grew pretty quickly. Uh, they started in Baraboo, Wisconsin, where the family kind of it, like ended up settling. Um, I think some of the brothers were born in Iowa, and then the, the family moved to, to Wisconsin. Yep. Um, they, yeah, as I was saying, they grew really quickly. Um, and they were able to purchase their first train uh, to start getting around the country quicker. Um, they seemed to kind of like purchase other small circuses to kind of add different things to their act. They started um, mostly as like kind of more like I was, I was kind of reading like about the vaudeville scene, like yeah. more of like the, the skits and the more um, maybe some juggling. But it wasn't necessarily like. Uh, the full acrobats the way it kind of morphed into like people who are like really skilled at doing something like that yeah uh, so they kind of purchased these acts and brought in other people who kind of had a um, you know a show in and of themselves but maybe didn't have the full infrastructure to to go travel around right um, obviously in uh, 1907 they purchased it after Bailey died um, kind of where it they were able to add a lot more to their show. Um, and then obviously World War One started and a bunch of their crew got drafted into the war. Um, so it just kind of made sense that to not run two different shows at one time, they just put them under the same, um, the same banner. And uh, they moved their headquarters to Sarasota, Florida in 1927. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, pretty, they, they would travel around, they would, they'd be on their trains uh, they had two trains, a red and a blue train. Um, I mean, it was a pretty huge operation when you think about it. They they would have to, uh, you know, set up their tents everywhere they went. Right. Uh, it wasn't until the mid '50s that they started using like other cities' venues, um, and uh, you know, so they had four stock cars and twenty freight cars. Um, so I think it was roughly sixty cars in total. Thirty six of them were just passenger cars. Uh, so I mean it's a pretty amazing um, you know road tour it's just constantly going um, especially back then when you're probably just like you know you didn't have all the electronic stuff we have today to like help manage all that stuff for sure um, I thought it was pretty interesting uh, it was you know it was really like a American pastime like an American um, asset really Uh Roosevelt allowed them to continue using the trains during World War II because, you know, it was like something that people could still continue to go uh, see during the war. Right. Um, one other thing that happened with them in 1944, uh, they had a, uh, it was the Hartford Circus Fire, uh-huh. uh, a huge fire uh, that happened in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, it was one of the worst fires in United States history. Um, basically, like, their tent caught on fire. There's like a picture of somebody trying to put out this huge fire with like just like a bucket. Um, I think like I forget how many people died. I feel like that's a circus act in and of itself, right? Right. Or like a right. clown with a bucket trying to put out a giant fire somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, 167 people died in this disaster. It was a uh, it was attended by about 5,000 no 7,500 people, uh, or approximately uh, there at it. Um, uh, yeah, pretty pretty bad fire. Yeah. Um, it it was kind of at this time where a lot of the brothers died. Uh, Ida, uh, their their youngest sister had two two boys and so the nephews of sort of the last remaining ringling brothers came and and, and took over mm-hmm. but then uh it really ended up in this new family the feld family f-e-l-d mm-hmm. uh they purchased it from the ringling brothers and ran it um i think until the 80s when um uh mattel bought it and continued running it mattel the toy company mattel the toy company yeah yeah all right and so that kind of uh Kind of just skip forward here a lot because I want to talk about some of our draft, talk about some of our favorite things about the circus. Yeah, but um, but yeah, uh, you know, PETA got involved uh, later in the early two thousands, um, and brought a bunch of suits against them. They actually ended up losing these 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 lawsuits. PETA did uh, or the circus did? Uh, PETA uh, did. Yeah. Uh, the circus won like twenty five million dollars from this, <laughs> uh, but they were basically like. We're still going to discontinue using the, the elephants, but it, it wasn't just the elephants. There was, I think, a, a lot of mis, mis, um, mistreatment to a lot of the other animals. Yeah, and and it really is like the whole demise. They they stopped running the circus in 2017. It's um, completely done. As far as that, I know, that, that one I guess I'm sure there are yes. locals and stuff like that that are more just yes. like acts and. Yes, the uh, the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey's mm. greatest show on earth is yeah. Uh, last ran in 2017 okay um so yeah uh they kind of they were like initially going to say we're going to discontinue the elephants in 2018 i think they, they had wanted the, the the lawsuits ended in like 2015 yeah uh and then they just stopped like they were just like no we're not going to do it anymore 2016 i i think probably because people uh just weren't going to come like support supported if they knew the the elephants weren't being treated well right that makes sense to you me know. Yeah, that meets me as well. No, no surprise, um, but none of my favorite uh, circus things include the animals. I I agree. Um, it's it's hard to get behind like thinking that these this lion like props. this lion wants to be in this cage every night right, doing a show right. for snot nosed kids. Right. Yeah, I don't even really like going to the zoo to be honest. Yeah. Mm-mm. Um, I like to go to like a. I mean, I've just been to too many zoos that are not there's like trash like like the san diego zoo is amazing right yeah i think that they keep the upkeep's great but like i've been like the local zoo in north carolina and the one that's like the buenos aires zoo they're just they're really sad you have like a a polar bear in like 90 degree weather <laughs> you're just like what and, the hell is going on and like I, you can tell they're not happy i mean hell you no. don't have to be a genius <laughs> right um right. the have you been to the dc zoo yet? no i haven't it's it's pretty cool. You can just like walk in. Like there's no like ticketing or. Oh really? Yeah, it's it's pretty cool in that way. I'll check it. But uh, yeah, they got lions, tigers, the uh, bears, um, lions and tigers and bears. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I would definitely check it out. All right. Um, we got a little bit well, off topic there. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, do you want to do our draft? Yeah, let's do it. Could, could you frame it up for everybody? What? How, yeah, how so, exactly is it going to be? Uh, yeah, drafting circus things. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> how's that Perfect. so in my mind it was anything related to the circus uh it could be acts it could be foods it could be 
experience. I don't know anything you've experienced at the circus before. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I will start it off. Good. My number. Actually, it's your it's your turn to go first because last week you got to pick both the Hangover Two and the Hangover Three. <laughs> so that's right. You go first. That's right. So I go first. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna take my favorite thing when I when I've gone to the circus. I really like the motorcycle sphere. Shit. Okay. I th- I've I think those are, it's really fun. <laughs> yeah, that one was uh, on mine for sure. Yeah. Uh, I guess the Torres family are these guys that do it. Yeah. Great. Great. The globe act. of death or whatever. Yeah. So it's like a steel steel ball, and they have like ten people riding motorcycles inside of it. Yeah. Really close to each other. Yeah. And it's really loud, and yeah. you're close to it. It's really. It's, I always liked that when I was a kid. Yeah, that was on my list as well. I like that one a lot. Um, yeah. For my first pick, I'm going to take, uh, you know, those like glowing toys that you get there that make noise and stuff and you hold mm. it up in the crowd? Yeah, that's oh, my yeah. number one. I could always those be involved with a toy. Were those ones that you can spin around, they make noise? and Yeah, they'll spin and light up and all that kind of yeah, stuff. I like mm. those too. Yeah, that was my number one there. They worked for like, <laughs> uh, for like a day and a half after you got home. Yeah. And I mean, they just died. They pretty much just needed to make it through the, the show. Right. Uh, number two, this might be more fair, but I'm pretty sure the circus as well. Uh, the elephant ears slash funnel cakes, mm. definite circus food. Oh yeah. Uh, love that stuff, man. Just fried dough with powdered sugar on it. Can't, oh, can't get so better than that. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to go, uh, this guy, Frank Richards. He is the cannonball belly guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, he takes a cannonball shot to the stomach. He takes a cannonball shot to the stomach. Yeah, he died at 81 in California. He, I just bring that up because I'm so I'm just surprised. He took a bell a, a cannonball to the belly twice a day for I don't know how many years. He was punched in the gut by like huge heavyweight boxers. This was like his this was his you know his talent. Yeah, he could take a hit yep. in the in the gut. Uh, Frank Richards. Frank Richards. All yeah. Right. I always like those pictures of like, you know, the fat, like rippling, rippling after yeah. getting hit by the belly. Yeah. It was a hundred pound, uh, cannonball Sh- shot out of a, uh, spring loaded 15 foot cannon. It was pretty nuts. Yeah. Huh. All right. I don't know how he did it. What's your third? My third is, this is something I didn't like for a long time and I still would prefer the more conventional form but i really like a corn dog maybe it is more fair uh but a corn dog is, is great what, the conventional form being a hot dog yeah i mean okay. it, basically it's just you know yes. a hot dog wrapped wrapped fully yeah a corn dog is bun. amazing yeah, yeah corn dog's it's, it's got like a cornbread bun to it put it's some awesome. mustard on there mm. God, i want a corn dog right now yeah all right uh i'm gonna go with I don't know what this act is called, but I saw it in Cirque du Soleil once. <laughs> it's where there's like a trampoline and then like these walls around it and the people are jumping off of walls and then like doing backflips and the walls has like have like different holes in it, like windows. And they're just like launching themselves clear through these windows, like perfect, like fitting perfectly through. I don't know what the act is called. Are they I don't small know windows? Like, yeah, pretty small. Pretty small? Yeah. So window tramp. I really like that one. Window <laughs> trampoline circus away. Try look, yeah. look that up uh, on on Google or something on YouTube. I like it. And then I'm a big trapeze guy. I like when they flip it, flip back and forth with the trapeze. That was on mine. Damn. Sorry. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um. 
Is this my last one or do I have two more to end it? You have two more and I have one. Two more to end it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get it some we'll figure it out one of these days. Yeah. Um I'm gonna go I really like the trains. I like if if some people know me, I think Sam knows this about me. The trains? The the the, the yeah, like the, the traveling trains. Like oh, okay. I just really like the idea of traveling by, by train in a way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think it'd be really fun. Uh plus like everybody knows it's coming to town. Uh, you know, you get stopped at a light and you got this mile long train coming in. Yeah. I don't know, I just really like the trains. Okay. Um and I think my, my last one is going to be I'm gonna go with red vines. Something <laughs> red, I would get some something I would use yeah, yeah. Something I would usually get at a circus or a fair. I really like red vines. Started in uh I looked this up, they're they're a hundred year old treat. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of licorice, but I like I like red vines. They don't overdo it on the licorice taste. Yeah, would are this? I think it's like a West Coast thing versus East Coast thing. But is that the same thing as a Twizzler? They're in the same family. Okay, but uh, red vines is like a, its own company. Twizzlers is like a competitor. Okay, Twizzlers suck. Okay, I mean the reason the why I then. think the yeah the, I think the reason why the red vines get a bad rap is because Twizzlers suck so bad. Twizzlers suck so bad. Red, I like red vines because they they usually have like a thicker, uh, they're usually a little bit thicker. They're easier to chew, and there's like a hollow center. I don't think Twizzlers have a hollow center. Oh, they definitely do. I used to drink my sodas out of a Twizzler oh. sometimes. Well, maybe that was one way I thought that I thought red vines were much better. But anyways, I, I think red vines are are a much better version. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for my last one, uh, I don't know if this is everywhere, if this is even a real thing, or if I just made it up. When they put somebody on like the spinning board and throw knives at them. Mm. Oh, that's great. <laughs> the knife thrower. The knife thrower. Big knife thrower guy. Yeah. The uh, the balloon. Yep. Put balloons like you know next to their face and like in between their legs and stuff, and they end up yeah. popping the balloon and not hitting them in the junk. I mean, uh, this is definitely more fair, but do you like you know games that you play where, where like you really can't win them, like bottle toss, like? Uh, guess your weight kind of bullshit like do you like yeah. those games yeah the throwing throwing darts at balloons stuff like that yeah the one where you gotta like land a ring in the milk jug or something right just impossible right. games yeah it's impossible yeah no I uh, I do like to waste money so I did like yeah. those games <laughs> yeah waste money for a bunch of crap that's right that's right um, alright anything else to wrap up I don't think so I think that's what, that's what I got excellent well, this was an interesting show. <laughs> uh, all right. Everybody have a great week. Happy Valentine's Day again. Um, don't forget to love yourself. Self-love. Self-love. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. See you guys.